You're listening to PTC Point of View, brought to you by Preferred Trust Company, the preferred custodian for all alternative investments. We're here to provide retirement savers like you with the tools you need to succeed. Need a confidence boost when it comes to investing outside of the stock market? Do you want the power to build a tax-sheltered nest egg that will last through your golden years? You've come to the right place. Turn up your speakers and turn off cruise control because we're taking you on the alternate route to investing with your IRA. All right. We are welcoming Gary Lipsky here with us today. He is the president and CEO of Break of Day Capital. Welcome, Gary. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate you joining us today. And what, the main reason why we're having you here today is, you know, Preferred Trust Company is always looking to interview and, and find out all the different investment types that are out there, um, and more specifically, investments that are offering to their clients the opportunity to invest through qualified funds. And at Preferred Trust Company, we obviously offer that option. Uh, to your clients to be able to invest in. But most importantly, for our clients out there that, that don't know uh, who you are or what you do, let's start with who you are. Let's, let's go a little, little bit into who you are, because I think uh, when you're investing in these types of products, it's sometimes more important to know who's behind the scenes uh, versus all the fun details of what types of investments you're investing in. So give us a little history about yourself. Yeah, and I totally agree. It's You really have to get to know the operator. It's you're betting on the jockey, not as much the deal. But uh, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I owned a, um, we, we shoveled driveways in in high school and auto detail cars. I owned a restaurant delivery service in uh, during a summer of college and then after college, kind of like a DoorDash. I uh, co-produced three independent films in my 20s. I started a company where we ran after-school programs, outdoor ed and leadership development. I started a nonprofit. And during this time, I had been investing in real estate on a very small scale and got into it full time when I sold the business at the end of 2016. And um, really, the first year was just about education and just devouring it everywhere I went. I started investing in other people's deals and then started doing my own deals. So what I was able to bring when I got when I, when I started my, my company was the, was the skill sets of owning several different businesses and from the creative side, from the business side. You know, when you're doing real estate, you've got to, to be able to put together deals um, very creatively because of my skill sets, my background. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What you just said to me was you got a degree in business administration and business management and really navigating people and probably most important people, the skill set of navigating through all of those uh, processes. I read a little bit uh, about, if you don't mind, I'm going to go off topic for just a second, about uh, two organizations that you started from the nonprofit perspective. I believe one was ARC. Well, ARC's a for-profit, but it's a core, for-profit? Yeah, core is an, it's a for-profit, non-profit world, but okay. core is the non-profit. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that for just a second. So ARC, again, it was the, it was the after-school outdoor ed leadership development, and we wanted to be able to serve more kids. And so we started a, a non-profit, and we got grants from uh, the Lakers organization, uh, State Farm, on and on. Um, but we were a very small non-profit, and those are hard to... Real, you either need to grow big or or dissolve. So we we did we had sixteen great years. I think it was sixteen, um, and then eventually in the last two years ago we just had to put you know close it up. But uh, 
but there's some really interesting programs that we had for the kids. And, and these were at-risk kids. These were kids that didn't really come from much. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a, a program that we took them rock climbing and eventually they, they led a rock climbing expedition for other people. Mm-hmm. And through that, it wasn't about being a really good rock climber. It was about stepping out of the comfort zone, leadership skills, marketing skills, uh, communication skills, and um, you know, I'm really, really proud of the work uh, that we did there and um, the effect that we had on so many kids. Yeah, that's really amazing. Uh, rarely do I have an opportunity to interview individuals where um, they've they've come from a nonprofit into a, a, a profit arena. Um, the, the leadership and the skill sets of those individuals um, are like nothing I've ever seen. And just give you a little history before I got into real estate, I was also on uh, the for-profit, nonprofit side. I was responsible for uh, ensuring that we were giving funds as a for-profit company to nonprofit organizations where we were truly making an impact. So while everybody else in the gaming industry was giving to what I will call the easier charities, the children, et cetera, I wanted to go the exact opposite direction and focus on seniors. And it really was the demographic of gaming. And nobody really wanted to go down that path because it was harder right? It was harder. But uh, it was very eye-opening for me from the leadership side of things and, and putting groups and people together uh, for a common goal and really having a significant impact. So I always like to hear, you know, when I am able to speak with peers of mine and and have those types of conversations, because I think it, it really generates um, a really strong leadership structure into the companies that we're running today. And, um, you know, I, and that's why I took you back a little bit, um, just to kind of find out a little bit more about that, because um, that's something that's always near and dear to my heart as well. Um, and giving back is so important, which kind of leads us down the path of, you know, what break of day capital does and why you do it. I've had an opportunity to read a little bit about you uh, and your website and your company and, and kind of what you stand for. But let's kind of dig into break of day. Why did you decide the asset class that you decided? Why, um, you know, did you add the the bolt-ons to your your overall and overarching system of what you're developing? Give us a little bit uh, more details about that. Well, um, multifamily workforce house um uh, they don't build it anymore. They build, mm-hmm. you know, luxury class A types. So there's, I think over 50% of the population in the U.S. live in in, in these, you know, class C, class B apartments. So mm-hmm. the only, and, and a lot of them are, um, you know, dilapidated or haven't been uh, taken care of. And so we like to create win-win scenarios for our investors and for our residents. We want to improve the res. Um, the community, we want to make it safer, we want to make it nicer, we want them to feel proud. And in return, we're gonna we're gonna bump rents up a little bit to what the market allows. Mm-hmm. And that that's good for our investors. And and most of our residents do end up staying because they really like what they're getting. They feel they're getting a lot more value out of mm-hmm. our communities than than other communities. Um, and we do community events. It's really important that you know, you know, this is their their home, and mm-hmm. and respect that, and treat it as that, and do uh, events, and make it you know make it where they feel really proud, and that's really important. You know, it's really good to have you know transparency with our investors, uh, integrity, work with our residents, um, and and these are values that are instilled within all of our team members inside of our, our company and outside of our company. We yeah. want to work with people that believe in the same thing that we do. You know, there's 
there's plenty of money to be made for our investors and there's there's plenty of good that we can do for the communities. Absolutely. Couple those two together. Yeah. And look at our backgrounds, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is the heart of who we are and what we do. Yeah. Um, and we're executing that now through another business model. So give me an idea about the the methodology and the strategy of you know assessing these investments. What what kind of goes into that? So first, we want to pick uh, a couple markets that we can be experts in those markets. We're not chasing deals throughout the country. Um, we really want to know the market. And so um, we are very focused on Arizona. We've done the bulk of our deals uh, in Tucson. And so when a property is is coming on the market, you know, broker will send us a deal and, and you know, we'll look at many factors. Uh, we'll walk the comps. But in, in selecting the markets, we want to be in an area with um, really good population growth above mm-hmm. national average, job growth, rent growth low cost of living. Now, these are tailwinds so that, you know, when a COVID comes around, when when the economy isn't going so well, mm-hmm. you're still going to have all these factors that have, have, you know, helped. That gives us a much greater advantage than some, uh, some of the other companies. You know, there's, you could, you could find a good deal anywhere, I think, if you underwrite it correctly, but mm-hmm. we want to be in markets with really strong tailwinds. And that's what, that's one of the reasons why we like uh, Tucson, uh, uh, so much, you know, Phoenix, um, Albuquerque and Vegas as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the acquisition of these uh, properties are being done through investor capital. Is that correct? Yep. OK. And how do you raise uh, investor capital? Yeah. So we'll syndicate the deal. So we'll we'll put together an investment summary. We'll schedule a webinar. Um, we have an email list and people will invest through uh, self-directed IRAs, cash, they could do a 1031 potentially if they hmm. if they talk to us on the front end. Yeah. But, you know, having the, a really good self-directed IRA partner is really important to us because it makes it easy for our investors. Mm-hmm. Um, they have available capital uh, and they could put it to use. They can, you know, we have investors that keep just rolling it back. When we sell mm-hmm. a deal, they just roll it back and it just makes it a nice, smooth process. And, you know, deals go pretty quickly. Once we once we find something, we're very selective. It's about uh, quality for us. It's not Mm -hmm. about quantity. We Mm -hmm. don't we don't have goals. We don't put down like, oh, we want a billion dollars on our assets or uh, two, two billion. It's it's about quality first and we'll get there. Yeah. But it's not that's not our driving mission is is how many deals we can do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's finding the right ones. Yeah. At the right time, yep. <laughs> for the right money, yeah. and sometimes with the right tenants. I mean, if you can if you can capture a deal that's already cash flowing, that's a big deal too. While you're making the improvements to make it into something that they never want to leave. Yep. I mean, and when you do that, um, they treat it as home ownership. They truly do. If you take the time. I mean, I've I've learned that lesson um, through through my punches through real estate. Uh, you definitely have to take the time for that. So the types of investors that you're looking for are are these um, offerings typically set up as a Regulation D offering? Are they accredited, non accredited, or a blend of both? So we've do- typically done five or six Bs. Mm-hmm. So you, we can have up to thirty five uh, sophisticated investors. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done uh, we've done one five or six C, and we'll probably do a little bit of both as we go forward. I know you can you can actually start with a 506B and mm-hmm. go to a 5 uh start with a 506B and go to a 506C as long as you like turn the faucet off for them, you know. Yep. Um so it's that's all about something, timing there. Yeah. It's all about yeah. timing. So that's something that we can do, but uh you know high high net worth individuals um 
you know, we've had, you know, a ton of referrals that have come in over time, you know, as, mm -hmm. you know, people get to know us and like us yeah. and invest with us, they bring their friends, which yeah. is great, you know. So, um, uh, you know, this is just a real estate and specifically the uh, workforce housing is such a great way um, to invest your money. Um, we don't have those crazy swings <laughs> that the stock market has. You know, it's a fixed asset. There's yeah. you know, real collateral behind it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And mm -hmm. we have leverage and tax benefits. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've taken all of my money out of the stock market and they're in real estate. I mean, and, and they've done phenomenally well. So yeah. uh, uh, I, I put my money in every single deal. I've, I've done very well. And, and yeah, my investors have really appreciated what we've what we've uh, brought to them. Yeah. Talk about the tax benefits for just a minute, if you don't mind, because I think, um, you know, as I would agree with you, I have a, a significant amount of my wealth in real estate as well. I am collateralized well <laughs> in, in my funds. I still have a little bit in the market because from time to time it does perform. Um, and when it does, you know, it's good, but still there, there's the steady eddy that's out there uh, in regards to that. But let's talk about the tax benefits in investing these types of uh, investments. So we do a cost segregation study on all of our properties. And so what that means is you don't, uh, every, you know, everything has a life. And so, you know, maybe an appliance has 10 years, uh, carpet, five years, um, uh, the air conditioner, maybe 12 years. And with bonus depreciation, you could front load that, de uh, that depreciation. And so instead of, you know, over uh, 27 and a half years or 29 and a half, I, I always forget which mm -hmm. one it was, you, you front load it. And so we may raise 9 million and we might get seven to 9 million depreciation on the first year. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, if they invest a hundred thousand, they might get 80,000, a hundred thousand dollar loss in the first year, which is phenomenal. If you could take advantage of it, not everyone can, mm -hmm. um, but if you can, that's phenomenal. Now in 2023, if there was a hundred thousand dollar, a hundred percent bonus depreciation on a deal that goes down to 80% and then the following year, 60 and then 40. Mm -hmm. Now I'm guessing that they will change that, you know, yeah. in, in, in a year or two, mm -hmm. but, um, certainly I've benefited, uh, tremendously and so many other real estate investors have out there and, and there's nothing else, you know, like it really. that can get close to that. Yeah. There's only w one other investment type. I'm not going to mention it cause it's not real estate, um, <laughs> uh, where I've been able to, to, to utilize that as well. But yeah, that's, that's definitely something worth, uh, telling our listeners about. Um, and I'll, I'll add one more thing. So when you sell also, you can also do a 1031, mm -hmm. which is, um, we could take our pool of investors from one deal and put it in another, and there's no tax um, with that. You're just you're just kicking it down uh, down the road. But and there's also the uh, the Oz Fund. If you if you, you it really needs to be a development deal, and mm -hmm. that's something that we haven't done. But um, but if you uh, invest in uh, an Oz Fund and you hold it ten years, you could take the sale from anything and mm -hmm. put it in, and uh, it's just a phenomenal way to to minimize your tax burden. Yeah, you explain that so much better than it tax professional. <laughs> Do you have any background in tax? Uh, heck no. <laughs> Just, yeah, but trial and error, right? Learning from from all the individuals that you surround yourself around to be able to to offer that option to other to others is, is huge because most 
have no idea about it. Yeah. So uh, thank you for taking the time to kind of go over that a little bit with us. As far as the, you know, your your business plan of execution, I'm going to I'm going to kind of take what you said. Uh, we have the assessment that that is occurring, uh, your due diligence, your negotiation, the acquisition. Now, what happens after the acquisition with an investor? My my money has now been placed with you. What what should we expect? What should we expect as a return? What should we expect for, you know, property management? Do you stay on? Do you handle that as well? Uh, what what should I expect for the next year, two years? How long am I in this deal? That's a great question. So when we close, we send an email to all of our investors explaining everything that's going to happen. And that includes their statement of real estate owned. They're going to get a monthly newsletter. I think it goes out on the 19th or 20th of every month. Uh, we upload financials to our investor portal on a quarterly basis. Um, we have a semi-annual call to go over our performance in all of our properties, but we're always accessible. Quite honestly, investors really don't reach out because we give them plenty of information in our newsletter. We show performance pro forma, mm -hmm. you know, what we laid out in our investment summary to actual and the, the difference. And each month there's always going to be a little difference and hopefully we're really outperforming our performance. That's, yeah. that's always our goal to, to under promise and over deliver. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about any struggles that we may face and, and let's be honest, nothing goes perfectly smooth. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are, there are obstacles that we face and we lay out, okay, this is what we're facing and this is what we're doing to overcome it. We have a CapEx tracker so they could see the improvements that we're making on the property. Uh, we'll share pictures um of events and of the of capex uh, stuff that we're doing on the property um and anything else that's pertinent to them as far as uh distributions or whatnot like hey we're gonna have a you know per our investment summary we are on track to have a distribution uh coming next week or whatever is is very pertinent and yeah. you know this way they are informed of what's going on now you know, when when COVID struck, we doubled down our, our communication. People are a lot more nervous. Mm -hmm. They have the new span is is getting shrunk. And yeah. so we want to make sure that we're communicating if something's going wrong. So mm -hmm. um, we we give every every investor all the tools they know to feel comfortable in their investment. And again, we're just a phone call and email away. And, and occasionally people will, will ask, hey, um, I had a question about one thing in the newsletter. And, you know, so, yeah. We, yeah. We Over communicating just, is definitely um, it's an unsung hero right there. Um, if you over communicate and I say over communicate, I'm not saying give them more information that you think they can absorb, but give them enough information so that they know what's going on. Right. Um, there's nothing worse than being nervous about your investment. Uh, if an investor gets to that point, I mean, the phone's ringing off the hook. And so um, I like to hear that you are, you know, you're communicating with them in that way. What should they expect as far as a return? And I know this may be a loaded question because every deal is different. We know no deal is the same. Uh, we know there's risk in, in every investment. So give me an average of maybe all the deals that you've done since 2017 uh, till now. What, what would the average return look like for an investor's? Well, this is going to be uh, past performance doesn't equal future performance because we've we've really killed it on on our deals and it yeah. was a lot of buying right business execution and just the market has been insane so yeah. i think our average irr is um is over well over 50 percent but we'll we'll typically you know underwrite 15 18 percent irr and irr for those that don't know is is taking into account time value of money um, so when you get that money is is equally important as as is how much 
cash flow on our deals typically are going to be a little light because of our value add model. So it might be zero to 2% the first year, two to four the second year, three to five the third year. Um, but again, you're getting those tax benefits and mm -hmm. a lot of our investors are looking for the equity multiple. So we're, you know, our, the last deal we did was was uh, over 3x in under 20 months. We're, we're looking for that bang. We're looking that's the, that quality of, of, um, of product that we buy and the timing and the right market and all these different factors. And that allows us the opportunity to hit a run, hit mm -hmm. a home run if there if there is. And if not, then we'll do very well. Yeah. Um, we're not always going to hit a home run, but we want to give ourselves the the greatest chance of that happening. Yeah. What would you expect in a normal environment? And I say normal because yeah. I think we're, you know, kind of rounding the corner to what the norm is going to be for the next couple of years. What, what, what would that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll we'll underwrite to more of a typically a five year hold. Uh, all of our deals have sold within two years. And, and I think you're, you're going to see deals getting held a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know, three and a half, four years, maybe. Yeah. But at least it gives us some, again, margin for error. That's mm -hmm. always that's how we underwrite. That's we always want to have some margin for error, not have a gun to our head to to sell a deal or to to anything, so that we can maximize the return and mm -hmm. and 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 sell during a frothy time, preferably mm -hmm. versus a time where where uh, it's just not a good time to sell. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, like I said, so probably around 15 to 18% IRR. So we look to 2x people's money in mm -hmm. five years. And mm -hmm. That's that's our goal. Yeah. I know you say you're not out there just lending on anything, but what does 2023 look like? Yeah. So it's uh, it's quiet out there right now as far yeah. as deal flow. We just uh, wrapped up uh, NMHC, the uh, multifamily uh, um housing uh, annual conference and and uh, brokers typically release a lot of deals at that time. And I mean, I would say, you know, every broker has one or maybe none deal right now. It's mm -hmm. just slow. Um, sellers don't want to sell unless they have to, because they're not going to make a lot on their, you know, on their, on their deal. Some, some sellers will have to sell because they bought, uh, they got a deal with floating debt and that debt has gone up and now they are not able to meet their, their debt service, so they may be squeezed, um, and they can't refinance because mm -hmm. they had so much leverage that they're not going to get now, uh, and and now selling it at a cap rate that's much higher than what they bought it at. So there'll be some opportunity for that. It's not going to be this wave of of opportunity. And I think, you know, as uh, interest rates start coming down, and, and maybe towards the end of the year. Um, you'll start seeing it pick up and people get more comfortable. Lenders mm -hmm. start lending more at yeah. a lower rate. And so I think deal flow will start picking up third quarter, fourth quarter of 2023 and and really get going in 2024. There's, there's a lot of dry powder out there that mm -hmm. wants to be put to use. Um, so it's just a matter of sellers and buyers getting on mm -hmm. the same page of, of what the right price point should be. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So hold period. Here's what I'm hearing. Um, hold period. Let's call it three years. Let's be conservative here. A three-year hold period. Um, you know, IRR on that. Let's be conservative. 20? No, I guess I'd say lower. Let's say. 15? Sure. Yeah. 15? Under promise over deliver. Still great. Still great. I'm just yeah. trying to grasp yeah. this as a listener saying, Huh, is that something I would be interested in? Is that something, you know, that I, I would want to investigate a little bit further? 
you have my interest piqued. Um, you know, I get the opportunity to sit and talk with lots of um, uh, sponsors out there that are looking at real estate deals. And um, some are more conservative, some are not. I like that you kind of have a flow. I mean, 17, 18, 19 were great years, right? Um, 2020 probably took a little turn. We're like, what's going on here? And quickly we got right back on track. Um, I can say that from, you know, a real estate investor. Um, but now we're like, okay, we're kind of, we're kind of in this limbo land a little bit, a hold, if you will, while everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Ironically, the name of your company, Break of Day Capital, irony of that, and for my last question, is um, how did you name the company that and why? Uh, it's funny. I get that question a lot. So I was transitioning out of the business I sold and, and created this new company. And mm -hmm. one, I'm, I'm an early riser. Um, I like to, you know, uh, seize the day. And, uh, you know, what I envision is, you know, the sun and just um, there's some health components to that. Yeah. And just um, being active and just, you know, integrity. I don't, there's like a couple of different things yeah. that I, I kind of mishmashed together and came up with the name. And it seems to be odd enough that it resonates with people. You it know? does. <laughs> it does. The first time I heard it, I was like, where did that come from? Um, I immediately had a bunch of different thoughts that that jumped into my mind. None was early riser. <clears throat> I appreciate <laughs> the early risers out there, but I am not one of them. <clears throat> I am the night owl. So you will see me in the office late at night, but not early in the morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm seizing the midnight oil, I guess you would say. Maybe that should be the name of my company, right? <laughs> but anyways, is there anything else that you think the listeners should know about you, your company? Uh, what you stand for. I mean, we've gone over a lot of information here today. If they have more questions, you know, where do they find out about you guys? Leave yeah. us kind of with the last, what you think everybody needs to know about you or your company. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the big differentiator for us is um, quality over quantity. Um, big into asset management. I actually wrote a Amazon bestselling book on asset management and I have a podcast on asset management and you know, so we're not just chasing deals and then moving on to the next deal where mm -hmm. we want to operate and execute correctly. We want to do things the right way, people first. And that that goes for, you know, my team, my investors, my residents. They're all part of the the mix, mm -hmm. you know, the, for success. And that's how we look at it. And uh, people can reach out. They can go to our website, breakofdaycapital.com. We have a, a free ebook on there. It's uh, real estate investing made easy because we want it, the process to be easy for, for all investors, um, no matter how they invest through a, a self-directed IRA or cash, whatever. Um, and uh, we put out a lot of education so they could you know, go to our YouTube page as well and connect with us. We um, we're happy to answer uh, your questions and get to know you because we want to know what your investment goals are. And uh, it's uh, you're not a number with us. You're 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 every single investor is very important to us. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming in today. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of PTC Point of View, where retirement savers meet alternative investments. Know someone who's struggling with a retirement strategy? Tell them about our show. Can't wait for the next episode to learn more? Visit our website at preferredtrustcompany.com or give us a call at 888-990-7892.